Hello and welcome to the Hit the Post podcast episode 2 and uh thank you for your overwhelming uh response and feedback to our previous first video. It's uh it's a pleasure to have you all back with us on the second episode and for those who don't know the first feedback the first episode feedback was basically that I have no audio. So now hopefully having the phone right in front of me will have better audio but let's we're going to have to wait and see. So um Yeah so let's get on with uh, episode 2 um I must mention that today we have an Arsenal fan in our podcast and while you all might think that it's it's fun I must mention that you know it's it's going to be quite a tough conversation with us so Zan go first Hi guys what's up thank you for having me first of all I want to congratulate both of y'all Vihan firstly because Liverpool has had a mad season they totally deserved the win and even last season to play at that intensity and that level it's just phenomenal i don't know how long it will go on for but the great two seasons and coming to united with bruno and pogba firing guns they've been mad they look like top contenders next season and i just i don't know it's going to be very difficult for us i mean getting into top 4 like scraping through top 4 was not ideal for us hopefully we'll uh... next season we can get a bit higher and closer to liverpool not just 31 points gain <laughs> i think i think that's very ambitious <laughs> that was that that's very ambitious i must say um i think uh, united have really bolstered their squad and um they've really added a lot of, you know they've added uh, bruno fernandes and you know a lot of these young superstars that are coming up which is like mason greenwood and brandon williams uh some really really top names coming up through the academy and let's see if they be able to handle it but so far they've been doing well uh, and um zan i think uh, can we can we count on arsenal to get into the top top 6 can we count on arsenal to get into the top 10 top 10 yeah, yeah top, that's more reasonable top 10 is happening for sure like this year it was the, it was eighth this season and that was i think this has been the worst season i remember in forever I think if we wouldn't have like the end of the season was just like you know the little glimmer of hope that we actually needed for next season but I think this was one of the worst seasons we'll ever see as a club and I think we're only going to move forward from here but talking about Bruno genuinely I think I don't remember a player coming in in the middle of the season and lifting the team up so Bruno has been a crazy signing I hope we get somebody like this who just lifts the team up and takes it to the next level that will be all we need really didn't you sign Pepe yeah, for definitely. that reason <laughs> Pepe actually Pepe has not had a bad season for the first season he's not been that bad for seventy-three we were going for Lemar or Pepe and Lemar was zero like and Pepe <laughs> at least got in seven goals and five assists so I mean whatever floats your boat but I mean you know Pepe has been a little bit in and out here and there but his free kicks yeah, have been true. absolutely stunning and uh, I let's just say that I never expected them to sign Pepe given the the obvious transfer fee which was i think 72 million so it was quite it was quite an interesting signing and i think uh, he has a lot of a lot to live up to which is why probably you know it's, it's a lot of controversy with his season but he also yeah. did dribble yeah. pass through van dyke which is a achievement for arsenal fans am i right zan hey come on everybody was boasting about that stat huh not just the arsenal fans congratulations it's a very big thing i don't think anyone was boasting about it i think it was only arsenal fans it was Only no, Arsenal, Arsenal fans didn't care about it. We didn't even realize. Oh, oh you didn't care about it. it. That, oh, <laughs> it's the first time Van Dijk's been dribble past. But now I don't know if only our players have the talent. I like, think someone's watching AFTV. 
Oh my God. CFTE okay, fantastic. Uh, so actually today we have a lot to talk about with you, Azan. So um, why don't we just get straight into it with the football of yeah, the week. Segment. Totally looking segment. forward to it. Superb. So, um, so getting on to this new FA Cup celebration jersey. I don't think anyone knows, but um, Arsenal have released a brand new celebration jersey for the FA Cup win, which is just so Arsenal-esque, you know. So give us your take on it. No, so so basically what they've done is, so it's our normal home jersey of the last season with always forward and 14 written at the back. 14 because it's the 14th FA Cup. And I think it's genuinely an achievement. Like United are at 12, nobody else, like we are two above everybody else. So even though you all may say that FA Cup is not a big cup, I think every trophy matters. And it was a, it was kind of, and you know, it's just like for the memory and like, you know, they have the t-shirt with the team printed on it and 2020 FA Cup, at least something in 2020 for Arsenal fans to look forward to, you know what I mean? So I don't see anything wrong with it. It's just, it's, it's good. And the last trophy one was in uh, 2017, I think, if I'm not wrong. So it was very important to convert this one and get this in. So, yeah. I mean, so it, it I'm matters happy. as long as you Saving grace. Yeah, that is what I believe. Um, I mean, I've never really heard of a team having a celebration jersey. So, it's definitely a first. Harsh, have you heard about this? Never. I mean, celebration jerseys, I've heard players wearing celebration jerseys when they win the league, which is normal for everyone. Uh, but I've never heard, like, teams selling celebration jerseys. Especially for FA See, Cup. I, think I can understand Champions League or I can understand Premier League, but FA Cups, really? Hey, come on. I mean, See, it, right it, now, basically, <laughs> I have to get to the point about finances because with COVID being around us and the club not getting any revenue through the ticket sales and even the broadcasting money going down, the FA said that from next season they're going to reduce the cup winning price. So you have to think about finances. The club has to do anything in its power to raise money. Because just now, everybody is in a bad scenario and you have to keep going. Like, so I think whatever helps the club to go, I'm up for it. I'm in for it. I'm happy for them. I think Arsenal used a 10 years transfer budget on Pepe last season. That's why they're struggling. <laughs> I think uh, you brought up a very interesting point about the COVID situation. And I think um, the news broke out, I think, last week about Stan Kroenke firing 55 employees. Now, if you look at the stats of that, he, I think even if you consider, like, even if they're making £50,000 a, a year, I think their total cost over the last, uh, overall, 55 of them will come to about 2.5 million. Now, Stan Kroenke being a billionaire, do you think that was the right move? And also the fact that Oates is on a 355,000 pound week per week. Yeah. So there are two sides to this story. The first side is what came out in the media directly stating that he has removed 55 employees and, you know, they are not looking forward to it. They're going to sign William for big money. They're going to pay him a big weekly wage. It's coming for free, but the big weekly wage. But the other side which has come out now is stating that there has been an internal investigation on the transfer fee of Pepe, which was for 72 million. Arsenal pay over 50 million, or sorry, over five years, 50 million to the club. And they paid a stand-up fee. So the investigation was whether the scouts made the club overpay. And if you go back and see that out of the 55 people who have been removed, most of them were the high-level scouts in Europe. And through them is who Pepe came into. So many of the people believe that both the things are entering and the media just gave out a one-sided story 
a one sided story of the whole picture so i don't know basically i think just now to remove people is very sad and even after the players took a wage cut but i don't know if it is linked with the internal investigation about arsenal i think massively overpaying 72 for pepe come on like 72 for pepe that to arsenal paying it i was happy that we have started to pay and we are getting the players in but everybody thought that was too much money so maybe there's something there which is happening behind the scene and we don't know about it maybe the news will come out in a few days so i can't really tell what is the entire scenario interesting harsh you want to chime in i, I want to know your opinion on this i mean it it if that's the story then it does make sense why they did fire them but uh, i mean it could have been done on a, at a better time you know like if when covid uh, covid ceases then they could have done that because it's not it's not easy finding jobs right now this in this environment ask me i can't find a job that's why i'm doing this podcast like <laughs> but uh, yeah like jobless like, yeah jobless but uh, yeah i think it makes sense if that's the whole situation but if not then it, it is a pretty bad deal for cronky and arsen to remove these people Yeah, yeah definitely i think uh, i definitely agree it's very hard to find jobs right now and i i think it's a little insensitive in my opinion to do this at this kind of a time but i, I mean it's arsenal what do you expect is arsenal so hey we've been so, we've been very good to the people who work for us so far this is the first time i've heard of something like this but i as i said that i can't tell because i don't know the entire picture there are two sides to every coin so we don't know what is true we may have to wait for the club to clarify on the situation i must say that's a very diplomatic view i would love arsenal fans say you know talk uh, cronky out and everything so it's a very diplomatic view i must say um yeah so getting on to the rest of the season tell me are arsenal the banter club anymore are are you all banter fc anymore or do you think this this season was you know finishing eighth and then also having a trophy like where do you stand with this season success failure go okay so basically i think in the premier league there's no doubt about it it was a total failure we were starting to win games and then we again lost continuously on the trot and then again every time we built up some momentum there was something that happened and we messed up and like there were the very few positives in the premier league but i think the end of the season winning the fa cup like let me not specify the fa cup let me say winning any cup in such a season for would for any team would be big because okay let's see right now united have not won a single cup this season they are in for it but they haven't won anything yet chelsea have got nothing spurs have got nothing so to win a trophy right now i think it's a good start and especially for arteta in his first season to win a trophy and that to beating city in the semis and chelsea in the finals it's with the kind of defense right now that we possess is not easy so i think it's a great start for arteta considering the trophy if we wouldn't have won that it would be an absolutely atrocious season but just this just the trophy you know it gives us a little glimmer of hope for the future and seeing arteta's tactics work out on point yeah i you guess think, uh, uh, you could say it's kind of a silver lining of the season um exactly. but harsh i want to ask you was united season better than arsenal season considering that they won a trophy well uh if you are taking trophy trophies into account i think champions league qualification also matters so if you are looking at that perspective i think getting a champions i mean zahan would agree like getting a champions league over fa cup will be a priority for the club 
uh, which was for us as well. And considering the position that we were before COVID and before Bruno Fernandes signed, I think the season was pretty good. Um, like it's it's a, it's a weird feeling to be called the third best team in England, which is which might not be true, but yeah, the table shows that. So I'm I'm pretty okay with how United season went. Um, in terms of Arsenal, I think Arteta's tactics they are. Uh, they're good tactics, but I don't think he he has the players for the for the for his own tactics. I think he needs some investment from his own club. Uh, when when that does arrive, I don't know if it'll arrive or no. Sorry, Zahan. But when that does arrive, then I think That's we'll fine. see um, Arsenal's uh, revival in the league. But uh, Bihan, I wanted to ask you about Liverpool. I'd like right? to. I mean, sorry. Uh, so Liverpool have played really well this season. I mean, I don't know if I could really ask you about any weaknesses, but. Going forward next season, do you think there is a weakness that Liverpool Precisely. needs to fix? That United need to fix? Liverpool. That Liverpool need to fix. Yeah, so I would say that um, keeping up this kind of intensity is not easy. I think everyone can agree with me on this, that the intensity of Liverpool's gameplay is very grueling, a lot of hard work and can often lead to a lot of injuries. So the main thing that we need to keep make sure that we have is support you know we need a deeper squad we need like like we just signed a new left back Costa Simicas so he's going to be like you know a backup for Robertson which is a very interesting sign yeah, I must say and um, we're also looking to sign Thiago which is almost about to happen we have been in contact with uh, Thiago for a while and we've also opened conversations with him so it's by now holding out for a fee but like if we, we can land him, then our squad will be a lot more deeper than it should than, than it is. So that should keep the intensity up, the competition up. And yeah, I, I mean, like, you know, it's a very interesting season ahead because we never won a trophy and never, I mean, never won the EPL trophy. So depending, it will be something new. Um, well, here, what one point I would like to add is that Liverpool, even though, like you said, keeping up the intensity for two seasons, another major factor was injuries. I don't think over the last two seasons they had a lot of major injuries. Maybe in the first season, Oxlade was injured for a bit, but he wasn't a first level player anyway. So he was a sub getting injured. So, I mean, get one of the bigger players getting injured, maybe say a Van Dyke missing out for six months or something like that, that will really hurt the club. Like, I think that I don't know how Liverpool will be able to cope if they have an injury because we haven't seen them coping with something like that before. And plus, like you said, the intensity, two years already at that level, it's not easy for any team to keep replicating that performance. Okay, got it. Yeah, I think it's important that um, we continue to sign players and keep increasing the depth of our squad. So, I mean, that's Liverpool. Let's, let's try to get back on the topic with Arsenal because uh, we really want to get as much of you as possible at this it? time. So um, the next piece of news that that Arsenal that broke out this week with Arsenal was um, Aubameyang and Willian and Thomas Partey. You know this entire Arsenal. I mean this entire transfer market is very very centrally based around Arsenal. And like, what what would you say is the main signing and how important is Aubameyang to you? Okay. So, let me start off first by saying Aubameyang, uh, Arsenal, actually yesterday they were supposed to confirm that he has signed an extension. It did not come out, but the William news came out. So, signing William for 100 a week, I think is a decent signing. Uh, 
and what Willian will do for Aubameyang. So basically, Willian comes and plays on the left. Aubameyang moves to the center. And we all know Aubameyang is a prolific goal scorer. 20 goals per season is what he actually gives. And this season was playing center. It's going to be crazy for us and even for Aubameyang. Um, because he missed out this season on the golden boot. Sorry, Morgan. Yeah, sorry. I think your, your wife was breaking a bit over there. But uh, like all Arsenal fans, I think it's it's very easy to say that Aubameyang is the main player that you're looking forward to signing a brand new contract. Um, but would you say that having Willian sign, do you think that if, if Arsenal stop there, do you think that that's a good transfer market? Do you think it's a good season? No, no, not at all. Just having Willian in is not going to help at all. So basically, we definitely need a centre-back. Like, there's no even with William Saliba coming in, we need another center back because he's too young, he's not just gonna come in and become a band. That's sorry, I, you know, I think your wife is breaking a bit. Give him time to mature, he's gonna take hush and even hush with our center, yeah, yeah, hush it, pause the record. Two, one, go. Superb. So now I wanted to get your your little your advice on on um, current transfer market because I think everyone can agree that that Arsenal have been super involved and busy in transfer market and you know signing a new contract with uh, with with Aubameyang probably the main priority. But like you know even getting uh, the the William William contract done that was also a massive one. You know I think it's important that we we talk about it. So, go for it. Yeah. Uh, so, basically, getting Willian in, according to me, was hugely important for Aubameyang because Willian can play on the left and Oba can come back to the center and in, through the center, Oba definitely gets more goals. And Oba, we know him, he's a goal machine. Like, last season, I think he was joint top scorer with Salah and Mane. This season, he out by one goal, if I'm not wrong. So, you know, Oba's... Re- Obviously, Oba is crucial for any team he plays for. And the same with Arsenal. So, if we get him in the centre, with William being more creative, I think Oba can have a goals galore and he can go absolutely crazy. And even William coming in with the kind of winning mentality and the experience that he has will be great for the young guys like Saka and Willock who've been amazing this season. Like, Saka has had like 10 assists throughout. Like, I think... But he can't play week in, week out. So, William coming in. So, Saka and William probably rotating. You know, for a young player, development is more important than his performance at the very moment because he's building into his career. So, I think William's going to be great there. But again, coming to the point that getting only William this transfer market would be atrocious. We have to get some defensive players. There's news that Torreira is going out. So, I think Thomas can be moving in from Atletico if that is true. So, I'm excited about that. Let's see how it goes. Uh, Zahan, I wanted to ask you. Uh, Lacazette. Yeah. So, do you think Lacazette's yeah. importance... Like, uh, I've heard last week that Juventus want to sign Lacazette. Uh, do you think Arsenal yeah. should go all out to keep him? Or do you think that you can get the money and use that money for something better for some other position? So, comparing now, let's see our two strikers that we have, Laka and Oba. Laka can hold the play. I think he's second best in holding up the play after Giroud, probably. Like, he holds the ball, waits for the entire team to come. He's very crucial for a different tactic. And we know Arteta uses different tactics against different teams. So, I think Arteta won't let go of Lacazette that easily. 
But that being said, if a good price comes in from UV, especially because we know what kind of shambles they are in right now. So I think maybe if we get the right price, Arsenal can let him go and raise funds for another player. But it won't be at, he won't go cheap for sure. Like Arsenal will get him out because he's been crucial. He's been, after Arteta has come in, especially after the lockdown, Lacazette has totally upped his game and he's been great. So I don't think we let go of him that easy. Do you think, um, I mean, that's an interesting point. I also wanted to know like uh, a little bit more about your thoughts on is is Aubameyang signing the contract more important than keeping Lacazette? Yeah, for me, Aubameyang right now is the main player. Seeing Aubameyang leave would hurt the club most compared to any other player. Obviously, because of his crazy goal-scoring record. Like Arsenal, for example, if you see the game against City in the FA Cup, so, one counter-attack he missed, I think, and then like one and a half minute later, it was a crazy finish from him from the left side. So, you know, he just turns the game around and that are the kind of players you need. Like, for example, having Salah in Liverpool and having Bruno come in United, I think Aubameyang is at the very top level in the Premier League and you need these players if you want to compete. So, you have to hold on to them. Arsenal's made the mistake of letting key players go in the past for the money purpose of raising the club and getting the stadium built. But now I think it's crucial for us to hold on to Aubameyang. Understood, understood. Very interesting uh, take on it. I think it was very diplomatic. And I would say that uh, uh, you're being very Arsenal-esque in that manner. So, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's quite out there. And I've actually been hearing a lot of rumours about... Uh, Thomas Partey from Atletico, but I think they're holding out for a good forty million to to you know to reach their release clause. And do you think um, Arsenal can complete that signing? Do you think that they have it in their budget? And where do you think Thomas Partey will fit if it does happen? So I think forty million straight cash up top will never happen with Arsenal this season. So more like what Arsenal is hitting for is giving away Matteo Guendouzi and getting a player, maybe Gwendouzi plus. So, initially, the talks that I was hearing was Gwendouzi plus 5 or 10 million for him, which I think is kind of fair because Gwendouzi has a lot of potential. The top teams were interested in him, Barcelona, Juve, Atletico. So, we have to see how that works out. But I think it's a straight swap. Like, even before the lockdown, Gwendouzi was starting and Sabayos wasn't. So, Gwendouzi going out and Sabayos taking over, I think if Thomas comes in, he moves straight into the starting level with probably Zaka, or even if you want a more defensive approach, you can play both of them. So I think, and Thomas can be the the way Pep used certain players in all positions. I think Thomas can even play centre-back, he can play CDM. He's a very versatile guy, so he can fit in anywhere in Arteta's plan. That's why I think he's so important for Arteta, because of his versatility. I feel uh, nice. Arsenal are just bargaining with every club. For what they want. I think a club will quote a player like, okay, we want 40 million. Ask me, okay, I'll give you 20. That's okay. 50. Oh, no, no, we start off with five. Oh, and five. Then we move up, yeah. Yeah, you don't remember the Suarez it. deal, the additional one pound. That I know, that's classic. exactly what you're missed out on. And then you're going to sign Ozil. So, congratulations on that. I think it was a great move, I must say. And we actually held up with uh, Suarez for quite some time and he ended up becoming, yeah. you know, a superstar, as you might call it. So, I mean, that's a very interesting thing. And I think um, um, 
Thomas Partey will be a top top uh, signing if they can make it happen. I think uh, when when Arsenal were linked to them, I was I was really really surprised, you know, because you know you know Atletico is a top side and they've been playing the Premier the Champions League for the longest time. And Partey has a massive potential. I would not compare him to Guendouzi, unfortunately. I think he's way off from Guendouzi, but it does not mean that you know they can't make it happen. So I mean. Yeah, give or take, I do see Arsenal uh, being linked to them, but I don't see him signing for Arsenal anytime soon. Yeah, uh, uh, Harsh, give me your thoughts. Uh, yeah, Thomas Partey, I don't think he's going to sign for Arsenal this season, to be honest. Looking at the finances and the way they have been doing business for the past couple of seasons with Sebaos, and like I had mentioned earlier, that they spent most of the transfer budget on uh, Pepe. I don't think Arsenal will pull off Thomas Partey. I think they should now start looking at, which I'm sure they are, they should start looking at alternatives, cheap alternatives, maybe some players on loan that can fill up the squad. Although yeah. such uh, measures have, haven't worked perfectly for Arsenal. I mean, I don't think Torreira uh, has been a great player for Arsenal. Let's be honest with that. I don't think he's performed as well as everyone had expected him to. But uh, yeah, Arsenal should be looking at alternatives right now rather than Thomas Partey if this is getting uh, uh, dragged out for too long. Yeah, Torreira has been like, he had this massive breakout season with um, Una Emery. And then since then, I think his, his highlight of Arsenal career was, was uh, scoring against Tottenham uh, in that last uh, 10 minutes, I think. Or, or crying on wrong. the sidelines. Wasn't he crying <laughs> on the sidelines on? Yeah, I'm huh? sure it was the Spurs goal was better than the crying part, yeah. Give or take, give or take here and there. So, yeah, I mean, that, that was a very interesting uh, conversation. I think, thanks for that. I think a lot of Arsenal fans in the comments section below uh, can add their thoughts in it. Tell us which ones you all think are the main signings. Tell us uh, what you'd like to see uh, from Arsenal in the future. And just general feedback would be very helpful for us. So, yeah. Getting on to the next piece of the next uh, segment, which is completely away from Arsenal, but uh, we would like our thoughts on it anyways because it involves the Europa League. So we are now uh, going towards Europa League, the league that still matters today, not because of Manchester United but because of Inter Milan. Uh, so <laughs> United played Copenhagen uh, last round and this made it through even with a full team. Uh, I like to get your opinion on, uh, like your you guys' opinion on this, because United they fielded a full team, and they yet beat Copenhagen in the 95th minute. So, Vihan, what do you think about this? So, let's be honest. I mean, as a Liverpool fan, I really don't think the, the Europa League matters that much anymore, at least to me or any Liverpool fans out there. So, oh, yeah, no. I don't know how much it matters, but I, I, again, taking United's victory into account. It, it was not a smooth one. I, I watched the game on mute. So, it was not a smooth one. But I would say that Bruno Fernandes comes in clutch again, which was a big uh, big reason why they've, they've signed you know, Bruno. And it was it a was very, very interesting match to watch because you actually got to see a lot of how United have been attacking lately. And I think it's uh, an interesting take on it. Zahar, uh, what would you say considering that Arsenal has been here with the Europa League? No, no. So, uh, let's get to it. So, honestly, I think United are going to come to the finals. And I think Inter are going to come to the finals. And I think Lukaku is going to score those. 
then united are going to go without anything that is that, that is the biggest fear that i have that lukaku <laughs> ashley young and sanchez are just going to turn up and just you know dismantle a full team down <laughs> but uh, wait hold on Dihan, i do want to say this you were in a uh, europa league finals with against sevilla you really sure that liverpool fans don't care about europa league or is it because that you all are not in europa league right now see i mean like if if you are in a competition you're going to care about it but yeah i mean liverpool being in the competition was the reason why i watched it now there's not that that i mean i would not say that it's a very interesting competition given the team that the the uh, level of the level of football that they play at it's very very low it's very low compared to the liverpool yeah, competition sure, sure. <laughs> so i would say that uh, the the europa league going to continue the way it is and i'll probably only watch the finals with or without but, united uh, being fair united don't have an easy path in the semis huh their opponents are the king of the europa so it's going to be really difficult but saying all of i think inter win europa according to me yeah so i was coming to the next question about sevilla uh do you think everyone is underestimating sevilla because they they are as you had mentioned they are the kings of europa league and united they beat united the last time they were in champions league and pretty badly if you guys had seen the match like i had seen the match and they were humbled at old trafford that was which was united were humbled at old trafford but wasin benyeda benyeda wasin benyeda <laughs> yeah so uh, thankfully he's not there in the team anymore but uh, i think sevilla has a good doubt i well as a manchester united fan i hope united do go through but uh, i'm just going to say it here that i won't be surprised if sevilla beat them because i just feel the, seeing the match against copenhagen it just felt like most of the players just didn't care about the competition and it feels like only ole cares about winning the trophy and i'm at a bit of crossroads obviously i as a united fan winning a trophy is great zahar had mentioned that uh, winning fa cup was great for arsenal and so for us winning europa league would be a a good season decent season considering how it all began so yeah in terms of uh, united winning the europa league i think they they will lose to inter milan in the finals but i don't see them uh, sorry i don't see uh, united stumbling in sevilla though i wouldn't be surprised what do you think zahar i agree i agree i think that united will turn up in the semis and they will get the better of sevilla and going into the finals the finals honestly okay being fair it's going to be a very difficult probably one goal in it a one goal deciding goal that's going to be the finals but i think united are going to come into the finals especially if bruno and pogba turn up then i think it's very difficult to stop united because post the lockdown i've been watching them play and even though i hate to say it they've been great bruno and pogba together and especially the way i think what happened in the previous game was that the end product just lacked marshall wanted to cut the entire team he got into the box beating everybody and then there was no outcome and i don't think that will happen again and again so it was a one off day i think they are going to come into the finals but then maybe it's going to be lukaku showing them what he has huh? it's going to be a very interesting one given that uh, lukaku sanchez and ashley young are all pretty much uh, set starters for inter milan and it would make for one hell of a finals it would definitely be considered a massive champions league finals if it was back 10 years ago maybe maybe 15 years oh. ago when both heavyweights were massive uh, figures in the football league but now considering that they're both like a shell of each other's uh, personality and shell of each other's quality 
yeah, it would make for an interesting final, no doubt. But I mean, it's still Europa League. I, I, I just can't, I can't sit and tell you that I'm very interested in it because it's Europa League. So if United and Inter Milan beat the Europa League finals, you wouldn't watch it because it's not interesting. I would, I hundred percent would. But that's only because I like football. Okay, so <laughs> now, it's, it's, like now, it's, now it's football. Yeah. First, it's first it's Liverpool playing in a particular competition, and then it's football. Other, if other teams are there in the competition, then it doesn't matter, really. Yeah, just Calm yeah, down. Just, you know, yeah. Excuses, yeah. Calm down. United are no longer in the Europa League after this season. So, you don't have to get a defensive no, about No, no, this. What's wrong with you? I think they're definitely in the Europa. So, they're going to not qualify for Champions League in the group stage and come back down to the Europa. <laughs> yeah, assuming it's too a much possibility. For a, for a, for a, <laughs> it is a possibility. There is a possibility. For a team definitely, that has uh, won the Champions League, you're talking a lot. Ouch, Cleodine. <laughs> I know, man. Trust me. But um, does Arsenal have a chance next season, Adan, for the Europa League? I think like it's going to be very difficult to predict what Arteta does because it's solely based on what kind of players we get in. And right now, honestly, the club is in shambles with its finances. Nobody knows what's going on. So, I just think we have to wait out and First, watch who we sign, and then I think in the first couple of games we'll come to know what Arteta is up for. See, honestly, I've got a very positive vibe from Arteta, seeing the way he ended, played against the top teams. But again, now it's going to be like, how can he consistently get that out of the team the way Klopp has managed to get consistency in? Consistency is but, going to be to win anything. Yeah. But do you think it's a possibility given the squad? Because there has to be a lot of overhaul and there has to be a lot of current no, transfers and Ozil has to leave. So, yeah. So, if you see, uh, I think it was last year that we lost in the final to Chelsea. Uh, like, the quality with the lights of Saka coming in and even Tierney coming in and they, ha- they are the future. So, I think it is possible. But again, saying, you know how football is, you can't predict anything. The injuries coming in, the way the managers perform, the fans have such a big role. And now, apparently, even pandemics have big roles in it. So, Yeah, you got a point there. You got a point there, for sure. Um, yeah, so like, let's, uh, let's, let's end this uh, beautiful podcast with one quick uh, news that, that came out a while back, which was Sari. Sari has been replaced even after winning the Sudeco. So, like, now that Sari has been replaced, like, after winning a trophy and getting knocked out of the, the Champions League, obviously, because Juventus was massive in it, I think, do you think Polo has a chance? Do you think Polo, being the new uh, Juventus manager, has a chance, Hush? Well, in terms of Sari, uh, it was coming. I think Juventus, the team that they've made for the past couple of years, the investment in Ronaldo, I mean, spending 100 million on a 30-year-old. Not saying Ronaldo was not a good, great investment, but the fact that they're spending so much money, uh, there was an indication that they want to big, big trophies. And by big trophies, I mean Champions League. Uh, in terms of Perlo, I'm not too sure. Uh, Juventus are going through, a, uh, are using the route of uh, what United and Chelsea and now Arsenal are doing, which is, trying to sign uh, managers which have played for the club. So, looking at a player and thinking that, you know, these these, play- these managers that were players once have the DNA of this club and so they can understand the club better. But I think the fact that both, uh, uh, not both, uh, Ole, Lampard and Arteta have already had experience. And Gerard. And, 
sorry uh i'm talk- we are talking about top clubs here not rangers uh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but uh, yeah so these players that have had experience before with managers like uh, zidane even zidane forgot to mention that zidane has had experience with ancelotti uh, ole got uh, relegated with cardiff city ateta <laughs> uh, <laughs> ateta got experience from pep guardiola and lampard worked with derby county so they've had the experience they know how to manage a dressing room and uh, uh, change the tactics according to the match situation i don't know if polo will do that i think it's a very risky move i think this time they are not playing safe and they just want to try something they've not tried before uh well we just have to wait and see how this turns out because juventus have got a great team i think some players shouldn't be there that are already there right now i think higuain would stand out from that if they get a few replacements for such players i think they will be in a prime position to win the champions league if everything goes right yeah i think we lost zahan just like zahan lost in the finals against chelsea and he lost uh, <laughs> our europa league place uh yeah so sorry about that that connection issue I think Zahan has terrible network, just like uh, Arteta does. So, <laughs> so now that he's not on call, we can totally batter him. But yeah, I mean, just to uh, conclude with that conversation, I think it, you got a good point with that, and we'll have to wait and see. But I think uh, Polo just he got um, he got I mean he he got he got the job of the under 21 Juventus squad one week before getting the main head coach. Yeah. So do you think it it's it's too fast do you think it's rushed it is rushed um i don't know why they did it as i said before i think this is a matter of just going all out and uh just putting their bet on a move that might work out and might not work out if it works out i think juventus are going to be in a prime position to win the champions league for a couple of seasons but if does if it doesn't then they might not even win Serie A because uh, Inter Milan is growing they've signed Hakimi for next season they are looking stronger and they they and they've showed that they can challenge Juventus this season but they just couldn't uh, get the wins necessary so i think it's a big risk we just as i said before we just have to wait and see how it pans out yeah i completely agree it's a give and take here and there now that Inter Milan have come up quite a bit with their new signings it's going to be quite quite an interesting season ahead in the in the Coppa Italia so okay fine the Serie A um, so <laughs> sorry about that uh, so yeah so i think it's going to be an interesting season even roma are looking pretty strong lazio are looking pretty strong so i mean they've definitely got their work cut out and now that ronaldo's there it's a good possibility but it doesn't matter what happens in the Serie A it all depends on the the champions league and now that You know, Polio has come and he definitely had the experience of playing in the Champions League. Let's see how it pans out. I think it's going to be a very interesting one to watch. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. And, yeah, so concluding our beautiful podcast, episode number two. Harsh, I think it was good fun. And yeah. we got a good glimpse of what Arsenal fans think about it. And as you can tell, Arsenal fans' internet is gone. So, yeah. apologies about that. And yeah, uh, subscribe, like, follow, do whatever is needed. I don't know the outro, uh, but um, thanks a lot for watching, and we will join you soon. We actually have a very interesting podcast coming up tomorrow, right? Is yeah, that right? we are going to be yeah. talking about Champions League after City and Leon play the match. Yeah, we'll be giving our predictions as well. So let's see how that turns out. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Barcelona capitulate. So yes. stay tuned for our, our view on that, and then hopefully we can get yours as well. So that's it. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye.